Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you. How are you this morning, Dr. Paul? Doing well, doing so, well. A little gloomy outside. <laughs> did you get your morning walk in? I did, and uh, always gives me energy. Yeah. <laughs> I use coffee <laughs> for that. <laughs> and you know, I have a theory it builds up your immunity, too. Uh. And I always said that when I didn't know anything about medicine. <laughs> but uh, my family had a lot of common sense on health habits. But uh, I, and my kids would tell you, he thinks exercise solves everybody's problem. <laughs> Every probably. once in a while, you don't do that. Yeah. Not everything. But I tell you what it is. And so recently, they have emphasized, you know, the different things that you do yeah. for building up immunity and exercise health. I well, that's good. good. I, I better do this twice a day now. <laughs> well, you, you never seem to get sick, and yeah. I do, so I need to take yeah. a lesson from there. Anyway. We're all vulnerable. Okay. Uh, but the country is sick. Yeah. And, uh, it's sick of somebody. Also, <laughs> I, I think there's a little sick raging, uh, you know, the CDC, and uh, I, I don't know, I wonder how, how well Dr. Fauci is, uh, but he got to talk to a lot of doctors yesterday, he got to talk to Dr. Paul, yeah. not this Dr. Paul, another Dr. Paul, and he had talked to Dr. Marshall, yeah. and uh, I didn't know a whole lot about him. But uh, Fauci doesn't like him, so he must be a good guy. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so but they had they had some Senate hearings and it had to do with a subject of uh, well, the biggest subject of the whole hearing was uh, Fauci is annoyed with my son. Oh, no. Would that be an understatement? Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> so he um, I think he's losing it, you know, you know, in a, in a serious manner that that uh, when it's name calling, I, I found one place in there. He he was in the middle of a sentence making a point and he flipped right over yeah. to, to attacking Rand. Yeah. So what that is what's really bothering him. You know, I, I think he's must realize that uh, he's been exposed. He's he's gone away with it for, for 30 years. Why should he think? Well, you know, it's time I put my tail between my legs and get out of here. I'm not I'm not going to put up with this. Yeah. He's he's standing pat. But uh, I think that's a, a an ego trip that has lasted a long, long time. And uh, it's the emperor has no clothes, yeah, you know. Yeah. And that's what's becoming uh, quite evident. Uh, the I would say there's more, uh, and we'll. Make might be able to mention that today. The Democrats are running a little bit nervous about him too, and they're starting to challenge him. In the media, a little bit, but uh, not like it would be if if Trump had done one-tenth oh, yeah. of what was happening, you know, they'd have had a guillotine out there for him. So it's uh, it's something that um, I, I think is, is very important to point out, but the antagonism is important to point out because uh, who, who's telling the truth, yeah. you know, and maybe maybe the the tr tr truth hurts, and uh, uh, you know, there's uh, you know, if you have if you have a dictatorship, uh, uh, you know, the uh, lying is not permissible. So that's why that's why we've heard so many lies. It's a, it's a uh, it, it's a di dictatorship, or at least an empire, and uh, nobody wants to hear the truth. That's why they have to go after whistleblowers that reveal the truth they really are the enemies yeah. you know of uh, of a republic and a, and a government trying to do what's right so this is um this is in the news i keep thinking later uh, 
that he he would resign, and Rand has, I think, even on the air made mention that as things go along, and especially if the politics are shifting, uh, he he figures Fauci knows he isn't going to be there if the Republicans take over. So uh, this might have boosted it up a little bit. There might not be months months to go before uh, Fauci resigns, and I'm not. I I wouldn't put a lot of money on that either. Yeah, I yeah, I think he know. might be so dead set on this that he it would be impossible psychologically for him to accept this because he would have to it's sort of without saying it it would be a bit of a confession you know they were right all along Rand Paul was right and that's why I have to I have to leave because I uh, overstepped my bounds so that's why uh, he's going to hang on for a while yeah I think so and you know I think everyone and I'm not a big fan of popcorn, but every time I hear that there's going to be a Fauci rant, it's kind of like when you were going up against Bernanke. I'm tempted to pop some popcorn and just watch the clips. And I think probably a lot of America is as well. When you talk about 30 years of Fauci, and we've talked about it too, you know, the RFK book and also the McCullough interview on Joe Rogan, how in, during AIDS, remember, he was also dead set on only having a vaccine against AIDS and how many people died because ultimately it was a treatment that they gave people rather than a vaccine. So he's got a long history of this. But we're going to play a few clips of it. I think the three most important ones really that we could play the whole thing and probably just have a coffee break <laughs> ourselves. But, but just to summarize before we play the clips, Senator Paul asked three very important questions. Number one, how is it that you feel that questioning you is questioning the science? What does that mean? That doesn't seem like a scientific way of looking at things. Two, why were you conspiring with Dr. Francis Collins to take down other eminent scientists who happen to disagree with you? And three, why don't you come clean on Wuhan? You know, you said that you weren't involved in it, then I proved that you were, et cetera, et cetera. So that's essentially what Senator Paul was asking about and commenting on. And Fauci had no response. And let's watch how it goes. Here's the first one. The first, yeah, let me make yeah, one real ahead. short yeah, yeah. point. This was yesterday, yesterday. You know, because there's been so many clips and timing is important. Where are we? So if he said this a month ago, it meant it didn't have much meaning. But this is yesterday and yeah. it's still big and it's in the news today. Still big in the news, absolutely. And here's, I think here's the most important clip. If we can put this first one up, ironically put up by my, my old friend Sebastian Gorka, I think in Budapest. But listen, listen to this. When the planner is a government official like yourself who rules by mandate, the errors are compounded and become much more harmful. A planner who believes he is the science leads to an arrogance that justifies, in his mind, using government resources to smear and to destroy the reputations of other scientists who disagree with him. In an email exchange with Dr. Collins, you conspire, and I quote here directly from the email, to create a quick and devastating published takedown of three prominent epidemiologists from Harvard, Oxford and Stanford. Apparently there's a lot of fringe epidemiologists at Harvard, Oxford and Stanford. And you quote in the email that they were from Dr. Collins and you, you agree that they are fringe. And immediately there's this takedown effort. A published takedown though, you know, doesn't exactly conjure up the image of a dispassionate scientist. Instead of engaging them on the merits, you and Dr. Collins sought to smear them as fringe and take them down and not in journals, in lay press. This is not only antithetical to the scientific method, it's the epitome of cheap politics, and it's reprehensible, Dr. Fauci. Do you really think it's appropriate to use your $420,000 salary to attack scientists that disagree with you? 
You know, it was a long clip, but I think it really set it up well. And I really do think that's one of Senator Paul's finest moments. Very cool, very calm, just laid it out. Yeah, the, the facts were there, but the politics, which are important too, the practical politics of, of the wasteful government spending and what happens there. And, you know, the salary is something. That, that's real abuse. Ooh. People don't like that. Yeah. But what about the millions, many, many millions, probably billions of dollars that get spent on this stuff? And one of the reasons why, I'm sure Rand hasn't done it either, but I never voted for one penny of foreign aid or U.S. government using funds to go overseas and influence their foreign policy. I mean, it's all wasted money. It doesn't work. It makes us more endangered. This is a when you think about it, this is a mess. It's just starting to get sorted out. It's not complex after you see some of these facts on what went on, but it's dangerous too. Yeah. And it all has to do with this easy money deal, print up the money, spend it, we can control it, we make that dollar and our military, the empire of the world, and our uh, our as long as our empire is there, we can do this and get away with it. This is one time where it looks like this stuff was all buried. Yeah. You know, a year or two ago, Rand was saying this stuff, and well, I sure hope he knows yeah, what he's talking about. Yeah. Boy, it's been verified this week, receipts, hasn't it? Yeah, you, yeah. you know, the uh, the emails and all are, are, are proven that uh, this has been what was happening. Well, you know, there's a lot of focus on Wuhan and who was involved in funding it. I know Senator Paul's done a lot on that. I think that's important, but I think what's much more digestible, a more digestible bite, is just how despicable the real Anthony Fauci is, that he would conspire behind the scenes with Francis Collins, who's also a despicable person, to undermine, to attack by proxy, to destroy the reputation of three such eminent epidemiologists. And Senator Paul said it right. I didn't know there were so many fringe scientists at Harvard, <laughs> Oxford, and Stanford. That, that's kind of, that's really weird. But that's something you can really sink your teeth into because I think that shows the real character. He was a coward. He didn't want to sit down with these three epidemiologists and say, let's, let's hash it out. Let's talk about the Great Barrington Declaration. Let's have a conference. Let's televise it. He didn't want to do that. He was a coward. And as Senator Paul pointed out, he didn't even go to a medical journal to refute it. He went to a left-wing uh, website, I think it was The Nation, and he used that wired. Uh, to, to push the takedown of these three eminent doctors. That says everything you need to know about Fauci. Now, I, I think your point is well taken. Uh, there's a character issue here. But that sort of is pervasive in Congress. All degrees of it, the more power they have. You might decide that uh, maybe Nancy Pelosi lacks a little character. You know, <laughs> it, it's not hard no. to find the people, and her husband might lack a little <laughs> character too. But it, it, if they are t totally void with any character, then, then I think what would do is that they have rejected this whole idea. There's technicalities. If you want to look at the regulations and the laws, uh, there's a lot to tell them and, and guide all this. It's all well intended, but there was no, no emphasis or recognition of what a higher law is, and it is a moral standard. Ultimately, and that's the founders recognize this. Yeah. They said, all this, all this work we've done on this Constitution to try to narrow it down and tell you what a free country is all about. It won't work if the people don't have character. Yeah. That's what he was saying. That's a good point. Well, let's look at Fauci's part of Fauci's response. And this is, you know, rather than answering these three points, this is what he decided to do. He decided to criticize Senator Paul for putting this on his <laughs> website. Let's look at this next clip. I think it's only about 20 seconds. Yeah, let's listen to this. <laughs> 
why would Senator want to do this? So go to Rand Paul website and you see fire Dr. Fauci with a little box that says contribute here. You can do $5, $10, $20, $100. So you are making a catastrophic epidemic for your political gain. So the you only have thing so his point was how mean Senator Paul's being by talking about he need to fire Fauci. <laughs> and he's getting all this money from the taxpayer and <laughs> yeah. ripping us off. But uh, Iran was able to defend this quite well. And I think people who were trying to make fun of it, it was perfectly legal and everything else. And I, I think it was a pretty good fundraiser. Yeah. It's not, when Fauci was talking, I said, He's just building, I know. <laughs> building Rand's war chest there, helping him out in his campaign. And there are so many people on Twitter posted memes of Fauci holding up a sign saying, fire Fauci. <laughs> I don't think he realized the implications of him holding that sign up. Right. And I to, and they, there was a follow-up. I think Senator Paul went on Newsmax, and he kind of explained. I think we're just going to look at the first maybe 40 seconds. And this is where he kind of sums up after the, after the event. I know we're doing a lot of clips today, but I think this is worth watching. Just 40 seconds of this one. And you didn't get to respond to that as well, because he then went on to say that you're doing this all for political gain. He points to your website uh, asking for donations. How do you respond to that? Well, we are opposed to him. I think he should be in jail. And it is about elections. If the Republicans take over, if I win re-election, I'll subpoena all his records. And we will investigate whether or not the virus came from a lab in Wuhan. So he does fear that. And it is about electoral politics. I tell people, go to RandPaul.com if you want to fire Fauci. I'm very honest about that. That's what politics is about. And I'm, I'm not pulling any punches. I think he does need to be fired. And I really think he has lied to Congress. I think he lied to us about... I think Senator Paul was smart here because he said, yeah, it is politics. This is politics. This is my website. I'm trying to get elected. I'm trying to get the majority in the Senate. And when I do, there's going to be hell to pay Fauci. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah. I think it was Zero Hedge that said this must have been one of the most clever fundraising things ever. <laughs> whoever was on Senator's staff. Yeah, but some, some of this stuff falls in place. You know, some of my biggest fundraising days, I had nothing to do with yeah. it. You know, there was a day when we had some type of a record yeah. in a campaign. Oh, yeah. And it's just somebody was attacking me. And that's what, wow, this, this helped them this out. Help them so, out yeah. But uh, it is also, there are some people who can plan pretty well and pick it and pick it. And, and, and you know, like you say, it's legitimate. It, is, uh, if, if he was promoting something that was absolutely illegal, stupid, and unconstitutional, yeah. I mean, that, that would be immoral yeah. and it would not show good character. But if he, he made his case for this being a, a rather uh, dignified way of uh, trying to improve the situation. Yeah. Well, let's do a couple of, of final things on the Rand Fauci thing. Because first of all, and we didn't talk about it a lot. No more videos, actually. We just have a couple of things. But, you know, what Fauci said... Oh, it's all your fault for putting this on your website that some crazy guy got in a car and was going to come kill me. You know, the, the, and that is just ridiculous, trying to play the victim. But here's a good, uh, let's do that second um, JPEG if we can. Here's, I don't know this person, but it's a good tweet. He said, Rand Paul was shot at on a baseball field, beaten up by his neighbor, and surrounded by an angry mob outside the White House. So it's incredible to watch Dr. Fauci whine about the death threats he receives to him instead of answering his questions. And that's a good point. And the second one, let's look at the next one, because this is a very clever take, and I just could not resist it. Uh, Carlin Borisenko, she said, so basically, Rand Paul proved that Fauci is attacking people who disagree with him. 
And in an effort to disprove that point, Fauci attacked Rand Paul for disagreeing with him. <laughs> That's a great take. Yeah. So anyway, good day, good day uh, yesterday. Anyway, I uh, want to move on a little bit, and we want to talk about uh, the boosters yeah. and our friend uh, Alex Berenson writing again and making a point. Others have done the same thing. There's information I hear now, and it sort of has uh, burst forward here in the last couple days, even though there's been a few people around town and uh, around this office that have tried to make this point, you know, yeah. about, <laughs> about boosters. Be careful. And uh, I, I think the results eventually going to be not only caution and skepticism on the boosters after the fourth one, at least. But th there's going to be more and more skepticism of uh, va vaccines, uh, which have been more designed for passports than they have been. With the ex with the scientific evidence that this is a good place to uh, skip the rules, don't test it, use your vaccine because it's so desperate, and it it's going to turn out that the results, the complication of lockdowns and vaccines, probably much greater than the disease itself. Now that's heresy. I know that, yeah. uh, but um, time will tell. We'll see see who's right. But it's starting to talk about that, uh, you know. And this is what this is all about on the boosters. Varys uh, is saying it's over. Yeah, you you know. Uh, and they're they're going to quit. But we've been we've been talking about that for a long time. That uh, no matter what goes on, uh, let's give another booster shot. And uh, and yet others would argue the case that uh, the, these variants aren't exactly the different disease. It might be a variation of what's going on. It might even be beneficial in spreading immunity. That's what some people believe. Yeah. But no, uh, they're. Uh, but right now, I would say this report is uh, not held by just one person. A lot of people are going to say, ah, oh, we have a little bit of comfort now because some people, you know, who uh, who knows a lot about this are saying that, uh, you know, the booster shots are unnecessary. People are sick and tired of the mandates. I'll tell yeah. you, in places which I never believed would be starting to resist, they're starting to resist. I think this is going to accelerate the resistance from the average person. And I think they're going to be very noisy next year because in spite of the shortcomings of many elections, uh, I think the election is a, a sounding board for, board for a lot of people. Yeah, and this uh, this new uh, Berenson piece, and I recommend everyone that's interested subscribe to his Substack, Alex Berenson's Unreported Truths, I think it's called. But he says b uh, boosters are over, like you say, uh, and he cites a new. It just came out yesterday. New guidance by the World Health Organization. The WHO. Well, I think he might be a little bit premature in predicting boosters are over. It's certainly very interesting to see what the WHO said. And there's one particular sentence in this report that's very interesting. We're going to have to jump ahead a couple of clips to that one with the blue border that says World Health Organization, if we can, um, while we're digging that up. Uh, this is very interesting. Uh, in the context of new guidance, he says, a vaccination strategy based on repeated booster doses of the original vaccine composition is unlikely to be appropriate or sustainable. And that's kind of, there's a lot of words in there, Weasley words and stuff, but essentially that's what it boils down to. And there's a couple of things there. It's, it's not sustainable to expect the entire world to get a new shot every three months. It's just not possible. And number two, it really caught my attention when they talked about 
a booster shot of the original vaccine composition because we know now, we talked about the Wall Street Journal, the Danish study, the Israeli study, the German study, showing that people are maybe more likely to get Omicron if they've been vaccinated. Uh, at least that's what some of these studies are suggesting. So using the same thing that didn't work against it the first time, again, why would that work a third or fourth or fifth time? You know about the description of the idiocy. Yeah, insanity, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, anyway. Uh, no, I think, I think uh, like you say, and, and we try to avoid very much of trying to make a declaration, uh, but we feel so strongly about, you know, getting the proper debate. You know, yeah. silencing people is what really gets us yeah. excited and saying that has to stop. And that has happened. And too many people have rolled over on that. And it's, uh, it's making a mockery out of medical science. And, yeah. and that bothers me a whole lot. Well, there was well, a, the, oh, yeah, the European Union, though, is also talking about boosters here. Um, and that's an important thing. We saw this on Zero Hedge. And in fact, if we can just back up to and put up that repeat uh, COVID-19 vaccine. This is from the Epoch Times. Repeat COVID-19 vaccine booster shots trigger regulator warning about immune system risks. That's a big way of saying that the European version of the FDA is getting very nervous. And here's the operative quote, Dr. Paul, if we can do that next clip. Um, the European Union's drug regulator expressed doubts about whether a second booster dose of the currently available COVID-19 vaccine would be sustainable, there's that word again, long-term approach. Mario Cavallari, the European Medicine Agency's head of vaccine strategy, told a media briefing, quote, there is an emergency discussion around the possibility of giving a second booster dose with the same vaccine currently in use. Data has not yet been generated to support this approach. Well, it, it will. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and it's coming that way. So I think it's all going well under the circumstances of the obstacles of the, uh, you, you know, the uh, professions, the uh, university professors, uh, even though that's been cracked a bit. We're seeing, we're finding out the people who have been silenced are getting to have a voice. And I think the American people are starting to realize that uh, there's a lot to do because, because you know what, what probably sort of, sort of helps, uh, you know, the scientists and the politicians might be silenced, but now the common man is being silenced yeah. when he gets taken off Facebook. Yeah. Oh, now it's hitting home. You mean they can do this again? Yeah. Yeah. And they're starting to, to realize that. So there was um, there was something in Politico. Yeah, not a mention. friend, uh, not a friend of our philosophy. No. And uh, every, in, I would say in the last six months, I find something that it's more balanced, huh. and, and this is good. I remember when Politico started, and they it was uh, in, uh, during the first presidential race that I was in, and uh, I think I might have been the first one ever to be interviewed there. And of course, they were interested in doing anything, even yeah. getting me on. <laughs> but I think uh, you know that, that they may just be very pragmatic and they're recognizing you know what's going on and what the people are looking for um, but there was a um, there, there was a hearing that uh, they just had and the Democrats uh, were uh, involved and, and the whole theme of this is the Democrats um, like we've said earlier this this week yeah. is 
is they're getting a little bit frightened about what's going on. And they were asking the tough questions, you know, uh, in, in the committee. And uh, that, I think, is very good. They're going in the right directions. Uh, uh, but I got a kick out of some of the, some of the questions that, that was asked. It was serious business, but uh, here, here was one. Uh, the, the committee is chaired by Patty Moore, uh, Murray. Uh -huh. and, and she... And she interrupted to ask more clarity. That was a lot about what this is. They they flat out are confused, and they yeah. and they go home and they have to defend Biden, Biden yeah. and, and Fauci and yeah. all this stuff, and, and a little more clarity on what to do between days five to ten. Uh -huh. You know when they okay. change it, it used to be Quarantine. ten to nine. Yeah. yeah, but you but it's it's in limbo. Yeah. So people get you know if you're having a town hall meeting, you're gonna you're gonna get quizzed, and if you're a member of the Congress or whatever, you're supposed to know a couple things. And then Walensky replied, "Quote." You, this is what this is what her instructions for those five days of limbo. You shouldn't go visit grandma. Okay. <laughs> and you shouldn't get on an airplane. Period. <laughs> now that's that's really brilliant, yeah. isn't it? I mean, so, but here's another famous person, and uh, I, I politically I had a lot of disagreements. It's it's sort of a little bit weird. Uh, on personal basis, I I got along fine with Mitt yeah. Romney. Yeah. Uh, but Mitt Romney is uh, sometimes he's independent minded, but uh, not always independent minded like we might be yeah. independent minded. That's one way but he it. said Senator Mitt Romney later told the officials that many Americans, himself included, don't even understand what it means to be to be, be exposed, you know, to the virus. Yeah. So the medical advisor, you know, they they answered that, and uh, they they just said Anthony Fauci explained uh, it 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 means. 15 or more minutes in close contact with somebody known to be infected. <laughs> so take your pad of paper down there and get a watch and oh, 15, 15 minutes. minutes. <laughs> you know, that, but, but the, the real point of this whole thing is these weren't Republicans searching for yeah. a, a needle, a needle to the sky. Uh, these are coming from Democrats who are very need, much needled and worried and are sick and tired of hearing these questions. And they're, uh, they, they shouldn't be that complex. It, but this is a reflection of planned medicine, economic planning. You can't do it in the first attempt to do it. All you can do is build paper after paper after paper, and then you have arbitrary judgments of it. And then if you get into trouble, then there's arbitrariness on, on how to interpret it. And that, that's what this is. You can't. You can't deal with public health and sickness and epidemics uh, with uh, the exclusion of the patient, uh, you know, and, and the doctors making decisions rather than having the government come in and excluding them and say, well, you have to get your vaccine, but you're not allowed to use treatment. We're not dealing with treatment. We're dealing with prevention. And uh, we don't want to hear anything about ivermectin. That's uh, that's not on in the cards. Yeah. Well, you know, when the wind was blowing in their direction, they were riding high, all these Democrat members of Congress and senators. They were riding high, but the wind is shifting now, and they're looking at the elections coming up in just a few months, and the fear, the greatest fear they have is the fear of losing power, because they'll <laughs> cling to sure. it with the very last seconds of the life, and that's why they're starting to panic, and they're looking at people like Walensky and Fauci, and they're seeing that these great experts, these wonderful, amazing scientists, Really, it's kind of hollow when you start knocking on that empty cranium, and it's terrifying them. Let's put up this clip because this is from Politico, and it's got a great title because they're trying to help 
decoding what Biden health officials told Congress about Omicron. And here's another quote that I found in here, Dr. Paul, that's interesting. Recalling the fact that Politico tends to be, at least it had been before it was sold, I think the Bertelsmann uh, tended to be very much in the camp of the Democrats. Let's look at this next clip. This is from the Politico article, The Takeaway. Here's the takeaway. Confusion still reigns. People five days into a COVID infection shouldn't go visit grandma, but if they're a healthcare worker, they're cleared to treat grandma in a hospital. The lack of testing component to re-enter society also reflects the administration's current scramble to address shortage of tests, leaving the CDC uh, individuals to make decisions based on a subjective evaluation of their own symptoms. The question, how did the CDC arrive at these guidelines? Was it a public health or economic decision? What they said. Walensky acknowledged that the CDC changed its quarantine and isolation guidance based both on new research about when COVID-positive people are most infectious, as well as, quote, the real-world circumstances we currently face with a decimated workforce. You know, when this all started, the full knowledge and understanding of how this virus would be more deadly for a certain group of people uh, was unknown. Nobody knew at the beginning that to start advising, you don't need to give it to kids. They're yeah. not going to get it, but they didn't know. But they found, they figured that out. So the information was valuable. The other one was that people with, uh, that are elderly in nursing homes, it's not a good thing to do. So what do they do? Uh, they, they emphasize sending people there and sending other people into there to maybe get exposed. And the, and, uh, the, 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 the elderly have not been really protected, yeah. you know, uh, from this. So they took the science and they they misused it you yeah. know actually did the wrong thing uh well intentioned a lot of those people some of the, <coughs> some of those people well probably that it go back in even if they send them back to a nursing home <laughs> they're probably going to do quite well because they have been uh, you know health providers but that's that's not the point as much as uh they shouldn't be making these decisions yeah. you know yeah so in the old days they say oh you have a cold take a couple of days off <laughs> Well, the last thing we want to talk about, we don't want to go into it too much, but Project Veritas, everyone was talking about it. They had a massive data dump. They released a bunch of Defense Department and DARPA emails right. and memos, and it hasn't been completely gone through yet. But a couple of things, in addition to Fauci's role with Wuhan, et cetera, et cetera, in addition to that, something popped up that no, Zero Hedge noticed at first, and then we certainly paid attention. They came out of this data uh, dump, and uh, Eric Weinstein, who works for Peter Thiel's uh, organization, a very, very smart guy, uh, he happened to notice this, and he put this up. This is from DARP, a DARPA release. Put up this next clip. And Weinstein is saying, um, help me understand this, DARPA. What am I looking at about ivermectin? I don't have the context. And then go to the next one because, and he's asking, hey, can we see this whole report? This is uh, interesting. Here is from the DARPA memo. Ivermectin, identified as a curative in April 2020, works throughout all phases of illness because it both inhibits viral replication and modulates the immune response. Of note, chloroquine phosphate, hydroxychloroquine, identified April 2020 as a curative, is identified in the proposal as a SARS-R-CoV inhibitor, as is interferon, identified in May 2020 as a curative. Now, we don't know about these documents. We don't, maybe they're fake. 
But this is what came out. So if DARPA knew back in April and May that there are, quote, curatives for COVID, then what the heck is going on, Dr. Paul? And, well, I think I have a suspicion what's going on. Uh, this doesn't sound logical, but from a certain viewpoint, it might be to their logic on what they're, what they're trying to do. And that what, what, uh, what it is, is they don't want people treated because their goal was mostly getting vaccination. Everything is blame, blame the spread of it, not, not treating the disease. Just recently, there have been statements by public figures saying, we should now concentrate, you know, on treating the patient. Oh wow, that, that that is amazing. So this is uh, this is something that uh, uh, you know <clears throat> it, it makes sense if that's what your goal was. And here here they actually prohibited you know you know the treatment. Iver, ivermectin is a is a treatment, and uh, the the record it shows that uh, <clears throat> and this this revealed it too. It isn't. Remember at the beginning the first thought was. Ivermectin would be helpful, even the people who were pro-Ivermectin say you should very much take it early because yeah. it might not work later. Yeah. But now what they're saying is this study indicates that taking it any time might be helpful. Yeah. That's it's interesting. Good. And if that's what DARPA thinks, and again, you know, we haven't seen anything that disproves it. Uh, Weinstein is saying, <laughs> hey, we need a little bit more info on this. And we do need a little bit more info. If this is the case and the military did know early on that this was this is probably a scandal of all times. <laughs> if true, if true, there's a big caveat there. But certainly we saw that. Anyway, I'll just, I'll just close by thanking our viewers. I don't, we, don't, we, we try to do it as often as we can, but we do appreciate you. Obviously, we've had some good upticks in the show viewership this week, and we appreciate that. That's because of you. Uh, if you hit like, and if you share, and if you subscribe to our channel, it will help us reach a lot more people. And also go to ronpaulinstitute.org and subscribe over there. We'll never sell or rent or loan out your name to anyone. It's just a way for us to keep in touch with you because you never know what will happen. But thanks very much for watching the show and thanks for keeping us on the air. Very Dr. good. Paul? You know, and uh, we don't have a whole lot of things to follow because uh, for the most part, our numbers uh, are there. They're steady and they grow. But this past week, uh, and I'm just I'm estimating this because I don't watch them very close, but I think from from my viewpoint, our numbers might have doubled this week, yeah, very and, good. and that goes along with our excitement about some of the things uh, that are breaking loose. The truth is breaking out, and there's information becoming available. And I've asked my, uh, you know, people that are interested, just talk to one person today and see if you can get them to watch our program, because we don't charge for the program. And it's something that the numbers are important and we measure our success by people changing their minds. And in a minor way, we think we contribute something, but it still takes a lot of people. It takes a lot of these scientists that have more of a scientific reputation and they've been you know, putting out information that we've been able to look at and trust. So uh, spread, spread the message. And as I've always said, you know, liberty is a much greater tool than tyranny. I want to thank you for tuning in today. Uh, please return to the Liberty Report.